The T20 World Cup is coming to our shores in 2020 with the best of the best striving for the ultimate glory. Before that all kicks off, let's join Mel Jones as she chats to cricket royalty on road to the T20 World Cup. Welcome to Road to the T20 World Cup, where it's fair to say that we have one of the ultimate all-rounders on today. No, it's not Elise Perry. Sophie Devine? No. And if you're thinking Stefani Taylor, you would also be wrong. I have an international player with 41-day internationals and 62 T20 internationals to her name. A person who is also a staff member at a National Players Association and one of the ever-increasing band of talented umpires coming through the ranks. Irish international administrator and official Mary Waldron. Thanks for your time. Now, we're sitting here at the Adelaide Oval at the moment, watching over a test match between Australia and Pakistan, the day-night test match. What on earth is an Irish lass doing watching test cricket in Australia? Um, yes, very, very, very good question. I absolutely love test cricket. I don't know why that stems from. I got, only got into cricket in my, in my early 20s, um, but I'd happily watch any format day and night. So, well, let's start there. 20 to start with, and, and our cricket in Ireland, it's not a sort of a, a go-to sport most people would think. Football or Gaelic sports, why cricket? Um, just one of my best friends in university, and uh, we played soccer together, so soccer was my sport growing up, um, and my best friend in university grew up in South Africa, um, came to Ireland for education, and yeah, I was just, we were friends, so I went to support her and kind of slowly got involved and went to a training session and yeah, got hooked on it. It's just, it's a special sport. Okay. <laughs> it is a special yeah. sport. We're going to delve a little bit more into uh, your, your junior years. Before we get to that, though, what I do, and I ask everyone that's come on the uh, the podcast so far, is ask about their most vivid sporting moment, their favourite sporting moment. Um, we're sitting at the, the Adelaide Oval, as I said. I mean, David Warner hit 335 not out. I think a lot of people would probably have that down um, as a fairly recent one. But over your playing playing career and, and life in sport, does anything spring to mind? Um, the one springs to mind, actually. Actually, I have, I have one one that should be. I was actually in the MCG for um, Shane Warren's 700 wicket. But you were it, one of the yeah. 1.25 million that think they were, they were there. No, <laughs> I was, but I didn't even really understand what was going on. So it was only just when I was getting into cricket. So I kind of feel like I stole somebody else's memory. But it was amazing <laughs> to be there. To say I was to be there. But and did you um, did you stand with everyone? Oh, did of you? course, of right. course. I, I can get the social cues. You know? Okay, <laughs> but um, that's not a bad one. Yeah, no, it was pretty good. But actually, the the one that's really special now that um, unfortunately um, Ireland didn't qualify for the upcoming. We will get World onto Cup. that at some yeah, stage. So, Sorry, um, I brought my tissues. That's okay. <laughs> Um, but the first, um, it was actually always a goal of mine to play in a World Cup, um, and there was qualifiers in Ireland. Any World Cup, anywhere, or just cricket, a World Cup. So for okay. at the time, it would have been soccer because I didn't think of any other sport. So, uh-huh. but there was qualifiers in Dublin, and it, the ICC had changed the T20 World Cup from eight teams to ten teams. Only within, I'd say, it was probably three or four weeks um, in the lead up to the tournament. So. Yeah. We knew we'd come in the top three to qualify, and we had such a nail, nail-bite game against Holland and um, Helmine, Rambald, other captain at the time, had yep. this amazing innings, and it went down to the final over, and Laura Delaney, our current captain, bowled it, and it was just, like, just the feeling of that last over and the elation when we qualified, I just... I, I sprinted so fast. It's like the fastest I've ever run, probably. But just that feeling and knowing knowing now what it's feel, it feels like to not qualify, that feeling was 
it was amazing. Um, and just to share it, I know it's actually a home crowd. It was one of the first times I'd played a home international for cricket. Yep. So, yeah, it was, it was it's decent, a pretty special. Decent crowd? Oh, yeah, more than my mum and dad. There which we is, go. Yeah, yeah. This is no, good. there was. It was you like uh, you. You've played in Ireland before. The, yep. Those local club grounds are still They're where we brilliant. play our internationals. Yeah. But obviously, the infrastructure is growing. But yeah, there was probably a couple of hundred there, and the atmosphere was brilliant. And how long did you cry for? Because you are probably <laughs> the world's most emotional cricketer, I think. Sports person, um, well, just person in the world. I am. I am very emotional yes, as a person, <laughs> um, and I, I certainly smiled because there was an interesting twist to that because it was a rain delay. So actually, Pakistan. But in I, Ireland, who would have thought? Ma- amazing. I am very surprised. <laughs> but Pakistan, Pakistan and Sri Lanka actually shared the trophy for that because their game was washed out, and we got to um, play in the the reserve day. Yeah. So I actually had to go. My boss rang me at nine o'clock the next morning. And was like, "Are you coming to work?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, just forgot." to set my alarm I was, I was glad I was home actually but uh, yeah god I wore, we, we actually got their winning medals so we got the tournament winners medals for third but actually that was the real prize really but I wore that medal for I don't know two or three weeks underneath my work clothes it was, it's very special do you know where that medal is now? Um, yes it's, it's in a drawer at home which there obviously they're their only possessions, obviously, I've got the memories. So, you know. <laughs> I like it. You mentioned football growing up. You actually played for, for Ireland in, in football as well. What was yeah. the initial hook for that sport? Um, I used to play it in the garden, actually, at home. That's I used to come out. I remember playing, because um, I grew up in the countryside, and I remember playing... It was by myself in the garden and with my with my neighbours and stuff. I have a big enough family, but actually none of my siblings played either soccer or cricket. Oh, really? So it's very unusual that I they're the two. See, the lone wolf of the family, are you? Yeah, and I, my family are pretty sporty, but um, they're quite big too. Are you, I'm one of the six, youngest of ba- six, baby of six. Yeah, yeah. So you spoiled? You like? I'm spoiled would be a strong word. My parents are very good at um, you know keeping me disciplined and that sort of stuff but I definitely always say that I've got seven parents they're um you know I, I even if Australia obviously you know I'm up 3,000 miles from home um, and if I needed anything I could ring any of them they're we're very very close. Now when you grow up playing football you then went to college in the states as well yes. to play football. Yeah I was very fortunate actually like if, just thinking about my sporting career I've been very very fortunate but I went. Is it fortunate or do you work hard for it? Um, I think lots of people work hard and don't get don't get rewarded and they put their their time in um, and I feel like I feel like there's a balance of course yes you yeah. have to work hard to get the opportunities but not not everybody gets those opportunities um, and I've been I've been fortunate enough to so but I was a super experience in um, in America and just been able to train like a professional and be educated as well at the same time it was it was yeah it was really cool is there anything from that sort of college system that you would love to bring in to Irish sport yes actually the college system itself is amazing I actually was only speaking to an Australian about it the other day at lunch and I just think the system that they have there is really really good because obviously you know the college um, the setup there with you know like facilities and also the education which is obviously a balance for the sport as well and it's just really good structure so actually I think all countries should adopt it but their their club system isn't as strong as we would have in Ireland or here in Australia so it's a it's a slightly different yeah. different system but they can con- control it a little better I think yeah with the college system yeah describe yourself as a footballer what position did you play? Um, I played centre mid, um, and actually, as I got older, I played centre forward. It normally goes the other way around, um, <laughs> but I've, I'm very strong. I could hold the ball up, so um, that's I don't know. Um, 
I guess I was I was strong. I'm a team person. Um, I used to captain most teams that I played in. So, but I led by I'm hard worker. There we are, hard okay. worker. Is that the same as your cricket style? <laughs> yes, very much okay. so. Even harder worker. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I luckily I practiced so much when I was um, younger at football that I was you'd think I was naturally talented, but actually it's a lot of hard work. But cricket obviously taking it up in your 20s there's a lot of hard work has gone in and it's still yeah I'm still pal I'm, I'm fortunate that I'm Irish to be an international cricketer I think. <laughs> the cricket is such a well I think it is such a technical sport in terms of particularly batting and, and bowling the bowling action is one of the most weirdest things going around I know you don't bowl you are a wicketkeeper um, but you know for someone who takes it up late what was the hardest part about learning the game of cricket taking um, it up so late it's, it's definitely batting um, and actually I'm um, I say to most people, actually, learning to judge a single is probably yeah. the hardest thing, actually, in cricket because it's just pure judgment and knowing how, you know, if the fielder's left or right-handed or how deep they are or if you need to hog strike. And there's like those kind of context things as well. Yeah. Um, but definitely batting. I mean, I my international average is fantastic because <laughs> I was picked for, you know, I've been playing nearly 10 years international cricket and I was probably picked eight of those as a wicketkeeper. So my, my average isn't great, but definitely, um, yeah, it's batting for sure is the most difficult thing do you remember your first cricket game um i remember the remember my early years actually my very first game i got a duck yeah club game in pembroke okay pembroke. don't remember how you went out i'd say boulder, boulder okay. <laughs> something new and different <laughs> okay. still the same <laughs> Do you remember the first time you debuted for, for Ireland? Yes, I do. And I actually, I say this because I think it's so funny. I wasn't even wearing spikes. I had runners on. It's wow. so random. I know. It's actually very, I can't believe none of my um, my teammates were like, here, wear these. What are you yeah. doing? Like, um, Who was it against? In New Zealand, mm -hmm. in Kibberth, um, in July 2012. 10th of July 2012, I think. Yeah. Same as Kim Garth, Laura Delaney. We all made our debuts the same, same day. Time. Even though I'm 20 years older than pretty much. <laughs> Okay, so you, you debut for Ireland. Um, Ireland has been one of the countries that has sort of straddled the the space of playing with with the big girls in terms of you know the big teams playing constantly in, in World Cups and then also with with qualifiers all the time. Has that been a good way of doing it in terms of development because you get to play against a group where you can learn how to win games and then you can play against the best in the world? Um, yeah, I actually think it's a really good balance. The only issue that I have is we just don't do it often enough, whether it's against the, the big teams or against the small teams, it's just we don't get enough cricket. And I think Ireland falls into an interesting bracket in, in the fact that we now have test status and it's a it's an evolving sport in the country. Um, but I mean, I, I mean, I've beaten South Africa, I've beaten Pakistan, like I've beaten Sri Lanka, like that's very unusual for a team of our status. But yeah. we just don't play enough games to learn how to win more consistently um so yeah i think it's a really good balance but we need we need to play more cricket so is that part of your remit working with the players association then um, you've got many hats on here mary walker no i do i do <laughs> um yeah so that was i was always players rep um and then i went on when we when we made the players association i was I'm onto the board so what year was that that was two it's two years old now september yep. 2017 we started and that started for the men's and the women's at the same, at time. same time yeah so we cover men and women yeah yep. yeah so that was my my job while i was at home in ireland for for the summer so i was the first and, and only employee at the time we don't have anybody employed at the minute if anybody's uh, looking for work okay. um, um but uh, yeah so i'm on the board so i always do 
you know that kind of work anyway that role yeah. but um definitely it's something we filter back and obviously everything comes down to funding mm-hmm. and i think just a little bit more structure because obviously with the championship for the you know the top eight teams and after the next world cup that goes to 10 so that's actually a massive um it's a massive cherry for us to stay in the top 10 of the, yeah. in, for and keep our ODI status. Well, we have ODI status, but sorry, in that top 10. Um, and I think Cricket Ireland realise that as well. So if you know, if they want to keep keep the women w- women's team alive and grow the sport, that we need to be in that championship. Um, and for the players, I mean, we've got some super players coming through, so you know, there's no reason why we can't. So um, there's nothing really I I can do except pass the message back. And I think the Cricket Ireland have really taken that on board and can see the the benefit of of playing more cricket. But it, it's it is funding at the end of the day, so yeah, just need to keep pushing that. So if you get that opportunity of playing in the RCC Championship and you get to attract more players, what are the other sports in Ireland at the moment? that are attracting the most. Is it, is it Gaelic sports still? It is Gaelic sports, yeah. yeah. So Gaelic football and camogie um, are still massive. Sorry, camogie for women and hurling for, for men. Um, they are what, what's absolutely the difference? Um, that for people who don't know. For in The difference in camogie and yeah. hurling? Oh, I think women wear skirts. I think that's the main. Actually, there's a big... They've. To be fair, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm saying that in a bit, bit in jest, but camogie um, players at the minute are trying to get... There's slight rule changes, and it's pretty much a non-contact one for, for women. Right. And it is for men, if, if you Google it, hurling. Like, it's... it's not I was for the faint-hearted. Yeah, yeah, I was lucky enough. It was probably one of my sporting highlights. Lucky enough to go to an all-hurling, all-hurling. All I can't even get my words out. <laughs> all-hurling final uh, in Ireland uh, when we were on tour in 1998, and it was a semi-final, and it was packed. It was one of the most amazing at Croke Park, one of the most yeah. amazing sporting fields, and we had no idea who was playing. But then the chant started for one of the teams, and. To us, as Australians, with an all-Irish crowd, it sounded like they were cheering for Wannafart. And we thought, well, that's quite funny, so we're <laughs> going to cheer for the Wannafarts. But it was Waterford, mm-hmm. but we just couldn't understand the accent. Of course. So, of course. <laughs> but it is an amazingly <laughs> fast is, and aggressive yeah. and skillful sport. Yeah, no, it is. It is amazing. And actually, obviously, you've seen it firsthand. It's hand-eye and yeah. ball and bat. And it wouldn't be amazing if a few of them but, played cricket. <laughs> That's um, what I was thinking. But it's just so, it's it's actually a fascinating sport because they're so passionate. And like that, mm-hmm. Waterford, is, you know, it's a good drive from Dublin where that game is on. But yeah. they will pack out that stadium, no yep. problem. The passion and pride in every county is, but I'd love to get that involved in cricket. Well, that's your job. You've got a woman of okay. many hats. Yes. So you're gonna <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so where does, where does you, you've, you've started off in football, you went across to, to cricket, you've played internationally for Ireland. Where does where does all of a sudden does the the umpiring come into things while you're still playing? Um, yeah, it, to be honest, I don't I I don't see it as an issue that I still play. And I guess I guess now looking for the pathway for people who are like oh, it's a natural progression when you finish that you then go into umpiring. Um, but I guess I I do lead an unusual life in that I go back and forth to Australia. Um, Every winter or summer, um, depending on where you're from. Um, so it was one of the one of the seasons I was in Tasmania. I just had to do it. The, I was um, looking after an under under 17s team, and the coach had to umpire the game, so you had to do right. the course, so yeah. you know what knew what was happening. So actually, um, part of my role here with Saka now is actually um, recruiting umpires, and I'm like, I like that actually. Yes. Um, so when so, you when mm. you did the course originally, mm. did you learn stuff, or did you did you go? Oh, I didn't know that. That you actually wish you'd probably known earlier as a player? I actually can't remember. 
to be honest, doing it. I remember being in the room, but I don't remember learning any of the stuff like <laughs> initially. It is quite a basic, a basic right. community course that you have to do. But now, now obviously, I know, I know the laws much better. Um, <laughs> and yes, um, and there is, yeah. Look, there's things people always come to me when there's a rain delay, and be like, "What's going on? What's what's going to happen?" So it is good, and, and obviously knowing sometimes knowing the laws when you're out on the pitch and something random happens you know as a player as a player yeah, yeah. like i'm can be like no that's a dead ball or you know not that i'd ever have you, know, you ever question, had a question on well, this, this is what i'm going to say yeah uh, is there any ever any time oh, i'm struggling today aren't i been a time where you've actually said to the umpire hang on a minute um yes <laughs> yes yeah, actually. One, well, can one, you remember the rule? Um, yeah, so the guy, well, I was actually captaining my club team in Pembroke this summer and there was a girl, she was bowling, she was bowling right arm over and he kept calling no balls. And I was like, I was fielding actually. Um, I'd extra cover, I don't always field, but I like to get out for a run around every now and again. And I called no ball and I was like, oh grand. So then no ball like, again and I was like, what's going on? And it was like her foot's bowling. So it, it was actually behind. Oh, I don't even know the name of the crease now. So not the not the popping crease. The crease nearly behind the stumps. He's like, her foot's behind this line. I was like, that's absolutely fine. I was like, yeah. it's just a, it's this outside line. She can't go past. And so we then went and had a discussion with square leg. And he's like, oh, you're right. And I was like, I know. But you've just called two no balls, which means it's free hits as well. So that's fine. But look, we've all learned something. We're all learning. I learned some patience and he learned a new law. Isn't that great? Well done. You. <laughs> um, can you remember the first game that you umpired? Yes. Um, first official game. Yes. Yeah. I, um, I was very fortunate in when I... So I did that um, community officiating course in Tasmania one one year and then I went back to Dublin did a bit more unofficial umpiring just with an under 15 team and then I went back to Tasmania and I went in actually um, so you might know her um, Julia Price vaguely vaguely yeah. she went into um, Cricket Taz and asked them would they mind training me up because she knew I was interested in it so um, Roy Lowe and Cricket Taz said yeah no problem so he sent me out with an umpire called Harvey Wolf. Um, who was on the state panel? Good name. Yeah, yeah, it's great. great name. Name. Yeah. Mm. So I did my first game in Tassie with him, and yeah, they were actually they're really like the umpiring community is is great, and they were very forthcoming with information and helped me out lots. So, um, yeah. So yeah, it was in in Tasmania. Nothing transpired from that first game at all. What do you mean? Oh well, I, the name that you just mentioned, Julie Price, you might have given me a bit of information for around this interview. Oh. said there was something about not calling four buys. Oh, sorry, that's a different game. Oh, but it's yeah. a different game. Yeah. Oh, she's got the, got yeah. the games. So she tried to throw you under the bus yeah. and it's come back that's and hit nice me. For, no, I remember. I'm actually quite... I remember those things because that was a learning from me. <laughs> um, yeah, that was when I learned how to pre-signal, which will mean nothing to anybody else but umpires um, that I forgot to signal. Yeah, so it's... But I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find that you're becoming... You hear... You're the first female to a lot, or is that is that slowly sort of dissipating in the in the umpire space? I mean, Kathy Cross was the first female umpire that I can remember um, umpiring internationally, and uh, Claire Polisak is probably the most famous one here in Australia, and she was the first female to umpire in a in a one day men's international. So all those barriers seem as if they're gradually breaking down, but it's probably for you in it. It's probably still a long yeah, way off. Yeah. Um 
No, it is. It's good. I have to say, it's nice to be the first to do stuff, but it's also, I'm a person who don't, it's actually interesting. I don't like attention, yet I go and stand in the middle of a cricket pitch, or like, you know, obviously yeah. unavoidable as well, but I, I don't like all that kind of, you're the first to do this and that. But I think it is slowing down. Um, cricket Australia, I have to say, are very good here with promoting it, and it needs to be promoted, I think, so people are aware. And there's a good hashtag that we use at home, is you can see, can't be. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's so very true. Um, but in Ireland, they don't really kind of promote it, which is suits me down to the ground. That's absolutely <laughs> fine. So there's no kind of, I'd be the first to do more there because obviously Claire is here and done it all. So, um, but I, I kind of go under the radar a little bit more there, which is which is good. Challenges to, to getting into umpiring, particularly as a, as a female, is it, do you, do you find any or even looking um, back on your journey so far? I have to say not really. There is always that. I always turn up to a men's game and I know that they're kind of a little, actually, and women are, women sometimes can be, quite critical of women and um, unfortunately that's something that we yeah. just we need to change in society as well because we really need to bring each other up because um, yeah it's slowly but surely we, we need to be the ones leading and obviously you're one for for leading us thank you <laughs> thank you Mel I like to call it um we, we've got a, a whatsapp group for the, all the female commentators and we call each other like wonder bras because you know they're, they're supportive and uplifting and always trying to make you look good yeah that's the kind of thing you're talking about yeah. isn't it yeah. yeah absolutely but um i think that is a challenge it's just the perception when people see a female official arrive that they're automatically a bit like oh god um which is weird just, isn't it because it's religious a, ones obviously yeah because yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a law book yes like, yeah. everyone can yeah. read and understand so yeah, it's yeah i can't see why why gender should have i know have an issue absolutely but you know it's a little bit it's just about changing those perceptions and it's actually something we say about the irish cricket team at home we want to change perceptions and it's no different to you know go no i wouldn't watch go and watch women's cricket match and then you watch sophie devine bomb five sixes in a row and you're like well actually this is quite good yeah. hmm, maybe women can play cricket it's, i yeah. think it's no different to us going out there and doing a consistently good job of umpiring so then people start to go oh no it's absolutely fine and yeah. to be honest i've had for since the thailand qualifiers that was 2015 and um, where we the four um the icc appoint, appointed four female umpires and so now it's normal um for for me i don't see any issues with female umpires and i've worked with a lot of them and and i know they're brilliant so I mean, I've, I've been umpired by a lot of men and, and not been given a few caught behinds and, you know, <laughs> smashed onto my pads and stuff like that. So, look, we're all human at the end of the day, but yeah. it is, it'll it'll get there. Look, umpires now, if you picture an umpire in your head, it's, you know, a 50-year-old guy, basically. So, we just need, yeah, we'll change it up slowly but surely. What's then the perception of players with former players becoming umpires in comparison to... Um, people who have just been umpires and haven't played the game? Um, I, I definitely think they um, have a, earn a lot more respect um, purely because they're through it and they, people just perceive them as they know what's going on. Yep. Um, uh, for me, I, I think it's it's more difficult. Actually, I feel like I'm more respected at home because they know me. Here, if I go down to a great game in Adelaide, they don't know me from Adam. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, oh, this random woman's coming to for my game. <laughs> so I do feel like I'm I'm still trying to establish myself as a local umpire here, even though yeah. that's, you know, it should be. I'm like, I'm on the ICC development panel. And <laughs> I'm like, I got a Cricket Ireland official of the year. Like, I mean, stuff like that where I should be. But I yeah. still have to really work really, really hard for, you know, for a good reputation here. So... We often ask um, players what skill set has made them who they are. We ask coaches, you know, their coaching philosophy. If I ask you, Mary Waldron, as you know, as an umpire, what are the the key ingredients to to being a good umpire? 
Um, I can concentrate for a long time. I think that's probably a good one. Um, I really, I'm really, my personality is um, conscientious. So I really want to make sure I'm doing the right thing and getting my decisions right. And I know that that's not possible. Um, and actually, the, the better umpires are like the better players, so they can put mistakes behind them. Yeah. Um, because now, if you've played and missed a few times, if you go into your shell, you're just going to get out. It's the same as umpiring. It's inevitable you'll make a mistake. So you just need to put that behind you because you've been at the next ball and you you don't want to make two in a row, obviously. Um, so yeah, I think I work really hard in my mental game to be able to do that. But obviously, um, TV umpiring, third umpire, all that kind of stuff is a different challenge that I haven't had to had to do yet. So I'll have to. Com- keep developing my mental strength as well yeah well you bring up tv umpiring and that that is a new part of the game and it almost feels sometimes even having a look at this test match at the moment where or the one at the gab up with um with no balls there's almost potentially more pressure on the tv umpire because it's the one that's replayed most of all if you make an, a mistake out in the middle you sort of get on with the next ball and off it goes but if it's played over and over again and i'm thinking about the no ball um, that yeah. Nassim bowled that was potentially his first test wicket that then wasn't. So you as now an umpire going into that phase of the game, is that is it nervous? Is it exciting? Um, yeah, no, it's definitely nerve-wracking because, I mean, you get into umpiring because you want to stand in the middle and that kind of stuff, but the higher the level you go, you have to actually be a third umpire and, and that's not what you've been doing for the last five or ten years. Yeah. So it is, it's definitely a new skill that people have to acquire and actually we were fortunate enough um, the other day that the test umpires came and had a talk to all the, the local umpires here in Adelaide and Goffey spoke about the no ball and he was yeah. like, you know, he held his hands up and he was like, yeah, that was a no ball and, and you know, he had... So to he actually admitted that it was... Oh, retrack, retrack, retrack. <laughs> <laughs> Heard it here first on Road to the T20 World Cup. <laughs> but no, but that, that's okay know, though. I think players would prefer that, And I think they? absolutely. And honestly, if, if you make a mistake and you're honest about it, there's no point making a mistake and trying to cover up because then you just look ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and people, definitely players, are more accepting of it. I do think, I do think standing in the middle is definitely more difficult um, and DRS and, t- and third umpires there for those those mistakes that you do make. And I think umpires appreciate that because at the end of the day, they want to get the decisions right for the players. Um, yep. And we're also harder on ourselves than, than players ever will be because we want we want to do a good job. You've studied this rule book, mm-hmm. law book, mm-hmm. I should say, yes. um, many, 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 many times. I mean, there's some quirky laws in there because the game is so old. And for some reason, we, we like the quirkiness of it. Or is there any law in there that you think we've got to change that for the betterment of the game? Um, well, as a keeper, with my keeper's union hat on, um, when the ball hits the stumps off a free hit and it goes, m- misses the keeper, it goes as buys. And I'm like, that's definitely not fair. It hasn't come <laughs> off the bat, obviously, but I just, I, I so always what feel bad it be? on that one. You've got to find oh, a solution then yeah. too, don't you? You can't just say, you can't leg, do leg, it. Leg buys, maybe. Leg buys. Leg buys? Yeah. I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Okay. It hasn't come off the batter, though. That's really, I know. Look, I, I need to think more about that one, but okay. I just don't like that one. Um, and as as you did say at the start, I think I really like cricket because it's kind of weird and quirky and trying yeah. to figure out those rules and does cause a lot of debate. One very boring thing that I would like to change, um, specifically in T20 cricket, is the innings. So if you run over in your first innings, it then eats into the break. So... It it goes from twenty minutes to ten minutes, I think, in an international, which I think short and sharp. Yeah, I'd still like a fifteen minute turnaround time. (laughs) Well, here's one from my side. If you can ponder this, why Mm -hmm. do we have such an issue with overrate in Test match cricket? 
Um, I think actually it's just. I think it's just the demeanour of Test cricket. Sometimes it's it's slow and lethargic, and not, the West Indies have always have an issue with it. And I think that's just their their nature as well. You know, so shouldn't They're, it be up to the umpires then? Yes, it is. It should be up to the umpires. Well, actually, the the match referee, the third. I'm not sure who does the overrates, yeah. but they'll be over it updates. Quite often will happen, you'll say to a captain, look, you're way behind, and he'll be like, it's fine, the spinners are coming on soon. And then, you know, it rains or whatever. Yeah. So um, well, it's good to see the, <laughs> the Aussies are currently on the board, they're plus two, so, but they've had the spinners bowling for a while. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it is It is part of ma- matching and player management, actually, yeah, the overrates. But I f- obviously the umpires at that, and at that level will be will be well across it and will be working really hard with the players because they don't want anybody to be um, I know the the I know it's changed now to a team infringement, not just the yeah. captain. Um, but they they don't want that to happen either and obviously you want a working relationship with players and captains so they will be doing their very best to, to get the overrates through. Mary Waldron player Players Association and umpire and future politician because you've played a very straight bat to that answer, so well done you. Um, I'm gonna ask you your umpiring goal. My what, umpire yeah. goal. Where do you want to take this? What, um, what would be the, the ultimate for you in in whites? Well, or black or whatever well, yeah. format. Well, actually, you're I'd, li- I'd like to be wearing a white jacket. Um, I'd love to be. I'd love to make it on the elite ICC elite panel. Um, I wrote that. I did an ICC event, a T20 event during the summer, and you naturally write your goals. And I just thought, why not? I mean, who knows if it'll it'll ever happen? Probably, if it was, Claire will probably be first on, but. Um, I yeah, I can't see why not. I'd love to. I, so I actually, um, I'm best mates with Eloise Sheridan, who's also on the ICC League panel and from Adelaide. And I was watching the test match with her here the other day. Yeah. And I was like, wouldn't it be great if we got to umpire a test match out there in Adelaide Oval? And she was like, I can't umpire Australia. I was like, oh God. Yeah. So I was like, hmm, potentially <laughs> well, somewhere else. Well, that yeah. might change. Like, mm. would, as, an, as an umpire, do you feel a little bit, as a bit of a slap in the face that you can't, umpire your own nation as well um like do you think that should change if the best umpire in the world actually let me take that back a step who do you think is the best umpire at currently in in the world i actually love richard kettlebury i think he's an excellent umpire okay so should he be allowed to umpire england games um if you've got all this technology around you i think so yes but there's obviously a reason not and i know during the ashes when unfortunately Joel Wilson had a few, a few um, decisions overturned that they were calling for the best umpires to do it. But there was a reason it's happening, and I remember at the time the umpires were like, "No, they can't do it." So I, I'd have to do a bit more research into the reasons why mm-hmm. um, and have a more a, a bigger discussion around it. But I, yeah, I mean, look, umpires' decisions are uh, criticised to the nth, and you've got the match referee who will go through every ball with you. Um, and you receive so much feedback, if you were in any way biased, it would be picked up immediately. You yeah. know, so I, I, I do think it's an interesting one. But, it, you know, it could cause, I think pre-DRS potentially, it could have caused some issue. But I think you've got DRS now where if you go, oh, he's, or he or she, is given some dodgy decisions, then you, you know, it would be highlighted straight away. I actually, I umpired, um, I umpired Kim the other day in the big bash, and I was like, this is kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. It's like, <laughs> normally I'm yelling at her for, you know, throwing a strap in the field, but... Um, or a poor throw in. It is, yeah. It is a very, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic, and actually I umpired, I play club cricket with um, Amanda Wellington, I've umpired her and stuff, so it is an interesting dynamic 
when you when you umpire people, you know, um, and I, I was thinking about this, and I was like, well, you know, if people want to get more women involved, they're going to be umpiring people they've played with or against yeah. or friends with. So it is it is probably something that you know people just have to deal with. And and, and I obviously as as an umpire, my match referee goes through all my decisions. Is no no different to a test umpire. Okay, we're going to take a break on Road to the T20 World Cup. We're going to let Mary Waldron have a little bit more of a ponder over whether or not umpires should be allowed to umpire their own nations. We'll be back very shortly. On SEN, this is Road to the T20 World Cup with Mel Jones. We have no definitive answer from Mary Waldron. She's still contemplating uh, the final question over umpires being able to umpire their national country but what we're going to do now is we're going to rip the band-aid off what happened at qualifiers for Ireland not to qualify for the upcoming 2020 T20 World Cup we did not score enough runs in one game in the tournament was it all down to the batting um, it was all down to the batting to be fair and it was a it was look it was a bowlers tournament um for sure the you know the pitch conditions weather conditions was conducive for for bowling well shall we say not great batting mm-hmm. um but yeah our our form in the tournament wasn't brilliant with the bat and then coming into the crucial game against thailand and um, we we lost by two runs and you know credit, i mean it was quite a it, yeah. it was quite a shock for people because as much as people are surprised that Ireland plays cricket that don't play cricket the fact that you've been in and amongst and, and around, you know, ICC World Cups for, for quite some time now, and the team that you lost two runs to is this new upcoming side that doesn't have a, a cricket, you know, history in Thailand. How's it all? And I'm, I'm getting the tissues out now. I have a feeling I've already broken you early. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, it's still yeah. quite raw, isn't it? It is. I'm still coming into terms with it. I have to say it's been, it's been really difficult. I've actually been here in Adelaide. Um, which is one of the bases I see the logo around and everyone's like well the big dance and I'm like I'm really I fight back the tears quite often actually it hurts it hurts I think actually the biggest surprise everybody was asking like oh Thailand play cricket um, mm-hmm. but they've been involved in the choirs, qualifiers for the last few years so we're, you know we're well aware of them actually quite a lot of them come from a baseball background um, so they're actually quite good on the field they've got arms yeah. they're they're really hard working team so they're quite a good unit and just really disciplined Um so yeah, that was something we couldn't match with the bowling. Their their bowling, I I I think they'll learn a lot from playing in Australia and the yeah. different conditions. But I think what they did really well was play to their strengths, and they knew their strengths, and they and they executed very well in Scotland. And actually, it's hard. You know, it's a team that you want to be really annoyed at because they you know they beat us. And but they're lovely girls and they work super hard. And you know, I'm delighted for them and, and their opportunity to play in a World Cup because I'm, I'm as, as I said earlier, I remember qualifying for my first tournament and it's amazing and I've played in three and it's it's such a special occasion. How big a step up is it going to be for Thailand? It, um, it, it'll be a huge step up for them um, and it's probably nearly unfortunate for them that it's in Australia with such good tracks. You know, it, that's, that's yeah. really going to be the biggest difference. Um, but actually, it's. It, I think for women's cricket and the the product that people want to see, I think it's going. It's brilliant that it's in Australia. But um, obviously, with the West Indies, there was a, the it was slow and low wickets, and I think a lot of teams struggled with that. Um, and I think Thailand are going to learn a lot from it and for their own development. Hopefully, they don't get too good over time. But um, <laughs> look, it's always you know being being part of an associate nation for so long and obviously we've got test status now but I'd always back the underdogs and, and really yeah. hope that they 
enjoy their experience and, and get a scalp or two along the way. Is that one of the big differences also with um, men's and women's cricket? The, so the development of teams on the men's side has been probably more through cricket-known countries like Afghanistan, probably one of the, the later ones, um, Bangladesh over the last, you know, dozen, dozen, 15 years. But for, for the women's game, you, you, you look at the score sheets and it's, it's Uganda and, and Thailand. Is, is that one of the big differences? Um, I think so. Um, but elementary, there's some random ones in the men's game, like Nepal. And Nepal mm-hmm. having a, you know, like a Nepal Premier League as well, like yeah. a, a paid competition. So I think with well, I think but they, they sort of sit between India and Bangladesh anyway. So it's so I guess, yeah. So location wise, it's sort of yeah. a little yeah. bit more known than Thailand. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing about Thailand is so they basically get all their money and put it into the women's team, which I think is fantastic. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Let's just back that truck up. So all the money that comes into well, look, Thailand cricket, or yeah. whatever money well, look, pot I, it I is. I don't know the facts and figures, but they <laughs> no, put no, it no. into their women's it team. All got, it yeah. predominantly gets Predominantly, fun. yeah. And yeah. Why, why is that? Have you heard? Um, no, actually, I should ask more questions so I'd be more prepared for these answers. <laughs> um, no, but they're like they're professional and they've got a super system, so I guess they probably saw more potential in their, yeah. in their, in their women's team. Um, I'm going to ask you a question that I know you don't know the answer to, but yeah. I'm just going to ponder it so everyone else can ponder it as well. Mm-hmm. Is there another sport globally where that where that happens um no i can't think no. very unusual okay. maybe netball and we'll, we'll leave Australia. that and hopefully when people have a listen in they can yeah. uh, potentially tweet us and uh, a, yeah. link in the podcast it's a question worth asking i think yes. like i mean all, all these conversations about women in sport and equality and stuff i they're always questions worth asking uh bangladesh won the uh, the qualifiers where, where do you see them sitting in terms of the opportunities at this t20 world cup um, yeah, look, uh, again, Bangladesh are one of those teams we've played an awful lot over the years and, and they kind of came onto the scene with a bang as well. Um, I'd love to see them do well and I think they've played at enough tournaments now and, and won enough games. I think they've beaten India recently and stuff like that. So, a couple of, yeah, the Asia Cup. Yeah, and so there. I'd love if, if they got... Um, you know they got a win or two just to build their confidence because they are they are a really good side. They'll have um, Romana Ahmed back as well. She missed the qualifiers and yep. she's a huge player for them. Um, I'd say you caught her a bowling all rounder really, but you know she's she's ter- certainly won a lot of games for them with the bat as well, and she's a real leader. Um, so yeah, hopefully they get a scalp or two because you know they're. Again, we've we've had huge rivalries over the years, but I always want the underdogs to do well in these big tournaments. You've umpired in the WBBL, which is coming up to to finals now. You've seen a lot of the Australian players and the overseas players playing in the competition as well. Who who stands out for you that you think from playing in this season's WBBL will then go on and have a big tournament? Um, Well, you can't really go past Sophie Devine. I know I get to see her play here more regularly, but she she hits the ball hard, and obviously she's taken wickets, and obviously so athletic in the field. Um, and actually, I'm surely New Zealand will win. I was going to say Amelia Kerr as well, <laughs> playing for Brisbane Heat. She's obviously you know people do struggle with her wrong as well, and she's you know athletic and and can bat a bit as well. Um, for the over, I'm picking all the overseas Ishmael. All the, the South Africans, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, they really. Donovan Kirk's been injured coming in, and she just she's so consistent. And she's, she's got five stitches cutting an avocado. Yes, the other look, day, which that, probably didn't help. That happens. I've never done it, but avocado hand <laughs> is a thing, so she's not alone. Well, you're in Australia, so you've got to learn how to cut yeah. an avocado because yeah. that avo smash breakfast is. I know. Yeah. 
I'm one of those. I've got plenty of time on my hands so that I let other people do it for me. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's nice to treat yourself. Um, and the Aussies, look, Meg Lanning smashed a ton there the other day. Healy, like, hopefully Perry's back fit because, you know, it's great to watch these people play. Um, and I just actually, my I, I actually called it from the Empire Renegades here, and I was like, ooh, Jess Duffin's playing well. Um, you know. Well, the debate at the moment, well, it's yeah. now no longer a debate from what I can gather because the AFLW season is on the same time as the yeah. World Cup and she's decided to play football, football and not put a name forward for the, uh, for the Australian team. Been been there and done that, I guess. But, um, yeah, Jeeper, she's hitting it well. And it's such a – there's no – you know, it's no secret why they're so good. The domestic structure is so good and there's so much opportunity and they play under pressure all of the time. Yeah. Um, so it's no it's no surprise that they're they're winning all around them in T twenty format. Okay, I'm gonna put you in the hot seat now, Mary. You're sitting there in your emerald emerald green, looking very Irish. Uh, who are your top four? Who's gonna play off in the semi finals? Um Australia. There's one. New Zealand. New Zealand, two. South Africa Ooh. and England. Australia, New Zealand, South Africa and England. So no India? No, no India. I know, it's a big... I no, just, it's a big call, but that, it is a big it's call. okay. It's a big tournament. This is mm. okay. So South Africa is probably the one that a few people might have gone. Yeah, oh, I just think they have enough game, enough match winners there um, that are used to Australian conditions. Yep. It was interesting. I wasn't. I was thinking India over England, and then I just went. Meh, Amy Jones is smashing it, um, and that's my thought process. Obviously, Danny Wyatt's in good form as well. Um, I think that's probably been yeah. the biggest change, though, in, in the women's World Cups, whether it's 50 over or T20, is that mm. it's actually hard now to pick. The top four, isn't it? it? Is, Whereas yeah, in the past, yeah. it was yeah. you know, the usual the suspects. Usual, yeah. yeah, the other thing, actually, do you know what it's going to be a massive is the tri series um, in January. Actually, that's so that's Australia, England, changing. and India. Yeah, maybe playing in Australia, and then New Zealand and South Africa have their own series in New Zealand, Zealand yeah. part two as well. So maybe maybe I might switch somebody. No, you can't. Then. Yeah, they're locked in. We, we we heard it first. <laughs> okay. Um, talking all things moments. Uh, Sunday, March eight. ICC T20 World Cup final. It's International Women's Day. It will be the MCG. What would 92,000 people at that ground mean to you? Um, it's just going to be amazing. I watch a lot of cricket and I've been to several World Cup finals um, and yet to be there. I've already my sick note ready for my, my women's um, grade game here in Adelaide. Um, I'll definitely be there. <laughs> well, I hope they're all there. I, me too. I'm going to definitely put that into the league and be like, can we all just get I think get so, surely. Because yeah. yeah. it, it's going to be it's a moment, it's isn't it? It's an absolute moment. And you know what? I it, It's not, again, I just mentioned earlier, it's not a surprise that they're aiming for this. I think Cricket Australia have done such a good job in in supporting and growing the women's game here and I think it would be just uh, such a massive party if Australia were there and it's a, and it's a good close game um, I think it would just be a real celebration of cricket and, and where women's sport is at um, around the world Mary Walton, thank you so much. I, I was just, as we were chatting, I just was marking down a couple of things. Uh, we had Amy Satterthwaite on our second show uh, from New Zealand um, she had a a wee count of five because it's very Kiwi of them to say that. Um, can I say that at the end of this chat which was thoroughly enjoyable, you had a grand count of four and an M count of 27. Yeah. 
am is, yeah. 28. It's like my... Um, <laughs> 29. It's like I've got a, a secret friend, Emma, <laughs> beside me all the time. She's involved in the conversation. Yeah. Well, she can, she can umpire at Square League for you. Yeah. Mary Waldron, thank you so much. Thank you, Matt. That's 30. Thank you. <laughs>